This is a Socialist News and Views special interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview. On Socialist News and Views, we let folks introduce themselves. Do you want to just tell us who you are? Sure. Yeah, my name's uh, Gabby Prosser, Gabrielle Prosser. I'm a member of the BCTGM, that's the Bakers Union, uh, Local 22. Nice. Uh, I'm also a member of the Socialist Workers Party and the Socialist Workers Party candidate for City Council, Minneapolis, uh, Ward 11. That's fantastic. Um, do you want to just... Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your campaign for Ward 11, um, you know, how it's going, what kinds of uh, ways that you're engaging with workers, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, well, we're, we're just getting started uh, with this with this particular election campaign. But, you know, we do the same thing when we're running for office that we do around the year. Um, you know, we go door to door and talk to working people at their doorstep about you know, the conditions they face and, and what our class needs to do about it. Um, you know, we need to organize independently from, from the bosses and their two parties. Right. And, okay, so I wanted to kind of pose a question to you. I had talked to uh, David Rosenfeld, uh, who was also, who was running for the ward I'm in, Ward 12, uh, as a Socialist Workers Party candidate. Um, I was like, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. Uh, was it? Yeah, something like that. And, uh, you know, I asked if the if uh, he saw the the campaign as uh, like a protest, like a protest vote or a protest campaign. Um, he said he really didn't. Um, but I guess I kind of worded the question, maybe not as accurately as I as I should have. But I guess the question was, you know, as a you know as a revolutionary, um, you know, as a Marxist, you know, we know uh, that you know maybe the goal of a you know running a campaign in uh, uh, bourgeois political system is not uh, necessarily, uh, maybe not even primarily to, you know, win that election and then wield power necessarily. There's a lot of other things that, you know, can be achieved through an election chief among those, which you mentioned is, you know, connecting with workers themselves and just advocating for them to organize independently. Um, you know, how do you see the the campaign. What do you see, I guess, as the main goals and why run, say, a political campaign or run for office in uh, bourgeois elections rather than, say, do some other kind of organizing work, I guess. That's kind of what I meant by that uh, question. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would. I I agree with, with David when he said, you know, that, that it's not a, a protest um campaign but you know sure. when when we run for office it gives us a, um you know an opening to present our program you know and um and also you know when things happen we can respond as candidates and um you know bring this working class perspective to you know two things that that are happening um around us right so i mean it, it's kind of, it's a tool it just gives us more more space to to bring the kind of politics we're we're trying to talk to to bring them to working people right yeah. and what are you hearing you know 
when you're talking to folks, you know, at the doorstep or any anywhere else that you've been uh, organizing in the workplace, like what kinds of issues are, are are folks raising? Like, what are they feeling, thinking, concerned about right now? Uh, you know, that allows you to kind of connect with them uh, and raise raise your uh, platform. Sure. Well, I mean, the things like inflation are something people mm-hmm. feel immediately. Uh, you know, our 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 wages, our paycheck are not stretching as far as they were even a couple of years ago. Um, and so this, you know, the demands of using our unions to fight for better conditions that we, we need to go through our unions to transform them into the kind of fighting units that, that we can use to advance our position. Um, also things like drug use and crime, um, you know, there's like an erosion of, um, you know, like morality, you know, um, that that really bothers people, you know, this that that drug use and, you know, things like gambling that that's promoted um, in capitalism that, you know, the, the and the effects of this are weighing down, especially more on 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 families and um, on women. And so, you know, talking about the morality of the capitalist system and and what are the solutions to these things, but to to change the way that, you know, the social relations that we live under um, and how we relate to each other and, and how it's the capitalist dog-eat-dog morality that that breeds these things. Not to mention the, uh, as you mentioned, the inflation, the, um, you know, the poverty, uh, the inability to, um, you know, meet your basic needs more and more, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. I mean, there's a there's a really important change that's happening today that we're seeing unfold, which is, you know, people are looking for more ways to resist. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that looks like individual solutions, but we're also seeing more and more people using their unions to to fight back. Um, and that that's a trend that, you know, you know, you can't predict how the class struggle will unfold, but um you know, the low point of labor resistance, I, I think is behind us. We're coming out of, of a 30 uh, year, you know, retreat. Um, mm. but, yeah. And as the crisis of capitalism unfolds, working people will look for, for new ways to resist. Yeah, sure. And then, you know, to get into a few other things, but just, um, you know, folks that are listening and, you know, they're in a union and let's say they want to, you know, work on, using their union in the way uh, they can actually um, be successful, I guess, let's say, in, uh, in uh, gaining the things that we want to see, you know, uh, making it so that we can afford to live, let's say, is, you know, kind of the base, the baseline for that. You know, what, what do you tell folks to do? Like how um, is it organizing, uh, you know, independent groups within their union or is it, you know, uh, getting into elected leadership within their union, or is it doing more political-based, um, you know, campaigns like uh, in the streets to raise these issues? What kinds of things, or is it all of those things? What kinds of things do you, um, or something completely different? What do you recommend to uh, to get people moving in the right direction and start working to use the unions the way that they need to be used? Well, I mean, I think it, it's something that has to be done collectively as Absolutely. as part of our class you know um we can't be ahead of of our co-workers in this it's it's trying to do doing that hard work of convincing our co-workers and um 
that you know the union is is our organization and and you know we should we need to use it and we should go to this meeting and and raise what you just told me and um you know it, but in throughout the whole thing keeping our fire on the bosses you know right. it's they're our enemies right um, and we should you know work with the unions as they are today to transform them not try to go outside of them not try and start a battle within them you know because mm -hmm. that just that and like holding office i mean that just ends up separating us from from our class and um but you know it, it's it's one of those things where you can't get you know right so well, i mean i've heard that. sure i've heard you know i've heard people um you know, advocate things like that, you know, that would be called like deep organizing, meaning that, you know, getting to know your coworkers, um, you know, working to really make sure that you fully understand the issues that different people within your workplace, especially people that do different, you know, functions and jobs within your workplace experience, um, you know, beginning to, uh, you know, connect with folks, not just on, you know, every, you know, every political issue under the sun, but also connect with them as, you know, let's say human beings or as other workers as, or as, uh, you know, coworkers, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, is that, the, I mean, when you're uh, organizing, is that the kind of things that you're talking about? I mean, you're saying, yeah, don't go. I mean, some people do advocate, you know, really pushing outside of their uh, unions to, to get things done and being very um, visible and whatever about it. But it sounds like you're saying that that's not the route that, uh, that you advocate. Well, I don't think you can get if if you start getting too far ahead of of your coworkers around you, you know, you lose them. Like they don't. Sure. You know, you just seem like you know um, out of touch. Out of touch, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, yeah, I guess it's these these issues. What is the solution? That's a question that's posed all the time. It's and it's pointing to going through our union. It's you know. When there is initiating things, oftentimes it looks like building solidarity for other struggles that are going on. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and yeah, taught, you know, trying to raise just the class consciousness to so linking, you know, linking these struggles together. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of struggles going on at the same time, especially now, like you said, with a resurgence and, um, you know, labor and labor solidarity and kind of like a, a mindset of. You know, I've seen a lot of people, uh, especially young activists that are definitely looking specifically for unions or for union jobs as a way to, um, you know, to plug in and get involved. And so also, you know, connecting up those those struggles within those unions, you know, not going, like you said, necessarily outside the unions, but uh, but linking those struggles that are already taking place. I mean, is that uh, is that yeah. sort of within the realm of what you're uh, saying? Yeah. Uh, well, one example is there was a strike down in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And in in my workplace, we, you know, I went up to the shop steward and, and brought, raised the idea of sending a card down. Sure. Um, and so me and another coworker made this card um, and almost everybody in the plant signed it. And we raised over a hundred dollars. Nice. Um, yeah. And sent it down. And I mean, and it was this, like this activity was, Yes, it, it raised solidarity and it gave a morale boost to those workers on strike um, at Ingredient in Cedar Rapids. But it it, it also gave, gave union consciousness, you right. know, um, 
And look at it, look at the example of these workers who are using their unions to fight back. They're you know fighting back against uh, the bosses who want to push you know worsening healthcare and right. or, or, you know a worse healthcare plan and take away you know put in these tier systems and you know so it, right very it, divisive stuff. Yes, yes. Tears. I mean the tier systems. Tears, are, tears are of awful. anything is, can be very divisive. Yes. Yeah. Separate, you know, the person next to me gets paid less than me, you know, equal right. pay for equal work. But this, mm -hmm. this, um, it opened the discussion and it raised class, class consciousness too, what the bosses do, you know, and, um, you know, and, and the fact that everyone there, I mean, almost everyone there signed the card, you know, right. and we can relate immediately to these workers who, you know, they, they were put in this position and decided to stand up and fight back and, um. You know, absolutely. That as an example, right? You know, and if if you know, like uh, within your own uh, local or within your union, you know, if you have the ability to even, you know, depending on how far away the uh, the struggle or the strike or what have you may be, you know, even if you're able to send a del, you know, a delegation, a small or even larger yes. delegation, down to support, walk the picket line, um, you know, and that and that's a two way street too, right? That you know you're going there, you know, to show solidarity with the other workplace or the you know the other local or even the other union but at the same time you know you're seeing like you said how uh the struggle develops you're seeing the union consciousness you're seeing you know i mean that's the most um stark moment where you see how uh how things are really set up in the workplace how management will treat the the workers when the gloves you know kind of come off so to speak and um you know they're not trying to maybe like sometimes they are maintain some level of civil discourse like they might in front of customers or other areas where they 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 might uh bite their tongue a little bit you see like the some level of naked uh class antagonism that you don't see other times and so workers if they go on a delegation they're going to see that stuff uh yeah. they're yeah, going to experience that this is a battle line you know right. this is um you know the picket line it's definitely where stuff goes down it. exactly well yeah you and i met um at this uh, report back from Venezuela uh, not too long ago, a few weekends ago, uh, and it goes organized by the anti-war committee. And the really, uh, you know, neat thing you were able to bring up that you had uh, recently uh, been able to visit Cuba. Um, so I was wondering if you wanted to just talk a little bit about that, uh, you know, that visit, what you saw, um, you know, what you experienced and what you brought back with you for our struggle here. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I went down there and uh, spent 10 days at the Havana International Book Fair, um, volunteering awesome. with Pathfinder Press. Um, yes, which is, it was my second time doing it. And um, it's really, I mean, we talked to dozens of Cubans every day coming through, um, you know, yeah. about the, you know, what, what life is like in Cuba, but mostly about the class struggle in the United States. Oh, sure. um, and they're, they're very interested in in talking about that and hearing about that. Um, and one one aspect of this of this trip was we uh, went out and um, just talked with workers and unions, and um, we went to a cooperative, you know, uh, you know, um, working farmers um, to you know see how because right now in Cuba with the embargo. And um, just the worsening economic conditions around the world, it's hitting Cuba very hard. They have a, a devastating fuel shortage. Right. Um, and, you know, just materials and, 
and food and just but you know but no no cuba and is saying poor me poor me you know there it's a such a fighting spirit there um especially amongst the workers you know this is this revolution that they that the that they carried out in 1959 and and continue to you know advance is was was a workers revolution a workers yeah. and peasants revolution and and they still defend it you know there's they're still the ones who are on the front line um defending it i mean and this is true in in production and in, in their determination to produce um as workers and but also morally there this is um you know so just just talking with them it's a moral one, struggle yeah well yes yes um so there's a moral element to it Oh, definitely. I mean, right. the more working class morality. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times we talk to, you know, at these report backs or, you know, people saying they health care. Why can't we make a health care system like they have in Cuba here, you know, where mm -hmm. there is completely free and, and right, you know, and um, they have the highest doctor to population ratio and they have the lowest um, infant mortality rates. And mm. but the the reason why we can't is because their working people are in, are in power. It's a workers right. and farmers government. They have a completely different morality. So one of the things we did while we were in Cuba was we met up with um, the National Union of Food and Fishing Industry Workers. Um, and uh, awesome. the yeah, the general secretary of this union. It, it was very awesome. And um, he, you know, he explained how production is organized in Cuba you know, and, and really how the working class there is is confronting this 60 year long embargo. Um, this, this you know, which is a, it's a political and a economic war that Washington has been waging against against the people of Cuba. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and we described, you know, what, what us as class conscious working people have been doing to build and, and strengthen our unions. Um, so at the end of, or near the end of the discussion, I asked him, I, I told this story about my coworker whose, whose hand got mangled in a machine because the guards were off. Right. And, um, yeah. And it was the Christmas rush and, you know, he had started seven, uh, 10 PM the night before and mm. worked. It, this was, ha this happened at 7 AM, you know, and, um, and, you know, and, and afterwards, um, we went through our union, a couple of us went through the union to put like warning signs on a bunch of these other broken machines. Right. Um, and it was a really important experience for, for us to, you know, our, we used our unions to, you know, stand up for our right to not work on dangerous machinery. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and you know, it, it only lasted for part of a day before the boss's pressure got, got to um, enough people, but you know, it was still this, this important experience. So I tell the story to to um, the national secretary of this union, and I asked how they, you know, handle safety on the job. And he said to me, "It never, it never gets to that point, you know. Right. Working people have control of production on the floor. Right. Yeah, like, you know, if yeah, it's that's it's not a, the way it is here. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, everybody. I mean, anybody listening will know that. Yes, people aren't aren't. A sacrifice for production in Cuba because production is done for people, you know, not for the right. wealth of an individual or, or, you know, a small minority. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and this is one of the things that we, we need to bring back, you know, a part of going to Cuba is coming back and, and talking about what a socialist revolution really means and what it looks mm-hmm. like on the day to day. Right. You, know, you, you don't have bosses pushing you to use unsafe machinery. Um, you know, no, absolutely. I do. I know what you're, I mean, you know, most, you know, most workplaces, like I said, anybody that's listening knows that, uh, you know, their workplace doesn't run like that, that they don't have, you know, control down at the, uh, at the shop floor or the office or the, um, you know, the bakery or wherever it is at that level, they are not the ones that are primarily in control. Even, you know, even the best union, the most organized, you know, local with people that are trying to stay on top of this stuff even then it's a constant battle just to you know make sure that you're not getting squeezed by the uh by the bosses you know and i always recommend you know trying to stay on top of that stuff you know like you said putting up putting up signs or you know talking to them you know having you know stewards talk to the managers and other people like right away because they're always you know always trying to weasel in (laughs) you know, new terrible things or really poor ways of doing things or ways that are, you know, going to be impossible for workers to maintain, you know, speed ups and, you know, like you said, Christmas rushes for holidays and all this other stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's constantly a battle because we're not the ones in control, right? Well, yeah. Safety (laughs) on the job is like a constant struggle taking place at, at, workplaces i mean we, we saw it with the nurses who were trying to right. you know how many uh patients you know the patient ratio um rail workers i mean that one's a huge one fa- fighting for safety on the job they're you know tr- fighting to maintain two people crews that was that was another big one that we met with the the rail workers union in cuba nice. and they explained yeah they have five people on each crew on the railroad you know two conductors <laughs> Yeah, uh, two engineers and a mechanic. I mean, nice. Yes, and and they don't work more than eight hour shifts. I mean, it's it's yeah, the reality of of when working people have have power. But yeah, I mean, at a, you know, at a very basic level, it's like you know, like I don't know what the meme is, but it's like you know, if people are afraid of socialism or afraid of uh, you know, workers' power or whatever, it's like, are you afraid of yourself or like what is you know, if you're actually one of the main people that's in control of like your workplace and your community and your immediate needs and environment, then why would you be, you know, afraid of that? And obviously the reason we know the reason is, you know, the massive amounts of propaganda that um, that everybody is fed. But, uh, uh, you know, it's like when you're in control, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, the, at a very like very basic level, that's like, yeah, that's We're- like the thing. Workers control of production. That's one of the main um, one of the main programmatic things we we put in our campaign. Um, mm-hmm. Put in our campaign that workers should have control of production on the floor. We're the only ones who can be trusted with with that because we're not we're not interested in the profits of the bosses. Right. Um, we're interested in you know in our yeah. safety and produce i mean all the things you know producing a decent product uh, that is actually useful and all these other things that would be great to have but instead capitalism is constantly cutting corners at every turn and you know squeezing workers in every way at, in the process um you know one thing you brought up at the um 
at the Venezuela meeting, and I don't know if you want to talk about it just a little bit, you had uh, brought up uh, comparing the Cuban um, government to like Maduro's government in Venezuela and specifically had said, you know, that, you know, the Cuban government is this uh, government of workers and peasants, while this Venezuelan government is primarily uh, like an anti-imperialist government, I believe, I believe you said, like, how do you, how do you view those differences? What are those, um, what are the primary differences there? Well, okay, in Venezuela, yes, they have an anti-imperialist, you know, capitalist government. Mm. And, you know, they still, it's still based on the exploitation of, of those who, who produce. Right. So I think it's a a giant miseducation to call that socialism, Mm. you know, and Venezuela has lots of, lots of problems, you know, and uh, as far as corruption and and leadership goes. So part of the the question I asked to to them, um, which kind of got lost is, are these examples important in explaining to working people here who are looking to resist the, uh, the crisis of capitalism that's being pushed more and more onto their backs? Right. And what our class needs to do is we need to organize ourselves and and fight for political power, you know, Mm -hmm. and like they did in Cuba. Cuba is the only example of a workers and farmers government that's that's alive today. Right. Um, That's the example that we uh, we should be focused on. Yeah. And, you know, the U.S. capitalist rulers hate and fear the Cuban revolution because of the example it poses for working people here absolutely i would agree with that well i I appreciate that and uh i appreciate you speaking with me is there anything else that you want to uh you know share about your campaign or uh socialist workers party or cuba or anything else before you go um it's it's not left versus right it's class versus class Mm. and we need to look at to the working class to broadly organize in the kind of movement that that we need and so that's you know that's the vast uh you know majority of our class yeah it's gonna take that we millions. organize yeah yeah it, it's gonna take millions this isn't you know organize the lefts and the radicals this is organize the working class absolutely we're, yeah we're the revolutionary class you know that We've got our work cut out for us, but that is the job. Absolutely. That's definitely right. We sure do. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you speaking with me. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, for having me on. And that's our special. Thanks so much for listening. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.